Right, this morning, I'm going to have you take your Bible, and we're going to turn, first of all, to Ephesians chapter number 5. I'm not going to turn to our two text verses this morning. I'll just refer to them in my introduction, and then we'll, uh, we'll be taking a look, first of all, this morning to Ephesians 5. But, uh, we're, of course, we're dealing with what God has given uh, believers. And in this, me- in this series of messages that we've been bringing, and we're talking about the grace multiplied uh, that uh, Peter mentions in Second Peter 1, 2. He tells us that believers have grace multiplied through the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, we also saw in First Peter 5, 10, it tells us that God is the God of all grace. Amen. Our God is the God of all grace. Whatever grace there might be available, you're going to find it through Him. And, of course, we... Uh, have said that those who, of us who are believers know the truth experientially because our lives are full of the very grace of God that we're talking about. We move from one grace to another in our lives as we journey through our Christian life, and grace is added to grace. Grace is piled up on top of grace. It's like the waves coming in on the ocean, uh, hitting us with one wave of grace after another. Thank God we have that. The believer's life is a constant reception of one evidence of God's grace being piled on top of another evidence of His grace. And we've been looking the last several weeks here uh, at some of the different types of grace that come into the life of the believer and also that come into the life of really everybody. Everybody is a recipient of God's safeguarding grace. You know, if uh, uh, the, God took care of us until we came to know Him. It could have taken us out any time. And I was uh, only about uh, 14, fixing to turn 15 when I came to know the Lord. But I should have come, went, come to Him a whole lot earlier. But I thank God that He protected me during that time. And uh, we talk about God's saving grace. And of course, that's the most important grace that we are benefactors of, and that all comes to us through Christ Jesus our Lord who was crucified on the cross of Calvary, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and arose again the third day victoriously. And by grace are we saved through faith, not not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But on top of those, we saw God's securing grace, God's sanctifying grace, God's serving grace, and then last week we looked at His sacrificing grace. Now today we're going to see three more types of grace that are multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and our Savior. The first one we want to deal with has to do with what we just did, singing, amen? Singing grace, and it's not just singing in in a a, uh, congregation such as this. I don't know about you, but I, I go about my day singing, singing praise unto the Lord, uh, he fills my heart with joy, and as he does, it, it breaks forth in song. And I, I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about singing grace. Singing is a grace associated with being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we see that here in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 18 and not 19, where it says in verse 18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, that, that continues on, he says, speak, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart 
to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it talks about three types of singing. It talks about singing psalms. And uh, the, the psalms we, we are familiar with, that um, many of them written by David, but David didn't write all the psalms. There were some other psalmists that were involved in that. But it's a collection of psalms in our Bible. And uh, the psalms mean to touch or play on a in- musical instrument. Properly denotes uh, such sacred songs or poems as are sung to stringed instrument. And when, when I believe that uh, uh, David, when he was out on the mountainside watching the sheep, of his dad, that he had that stringed instrument out there, and he was um, the the Lord gave him many of those psalms. Uh, hymns is the next thing we see. Hymns, and we just sang hymns. Hymns mean to sing, to celebrate praise, signify songs in honor of God. And I think God was honored with the songs we sang this morning. I like to make sure that when we're singing, that we're singing things that honor the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't like singing even a particular verse. Sometimes we'll skip a verse in a song. It's not always that way. But if I skip a verse sometimes, it's because I think that maybe it doesn't really fit in with that particular song. But I thank God for songs also. That's psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, it says. Songs denotes any regular poetic composition adapted to singing. And here we see it is restricted to those which are spiritual. Our our singing ought to be full of spiritual songs, singing spiritual songs. Singing is a grace that's associated with the word of Christ dwelling in a believer. In fact, I believe the more that you're filled with God's word, uh, the more you will have this grace in you. And I base that upon Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 16 that says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And so singing is a grace that's associated with uh, Christ dwelling in a believer, his word dwelling in us. Praise God for uh, the grace of singing. Uh, something to note here about singing, our being filled with the Holy Spirit of God and dwelling in the Word of God will bring forth our ability to sing with grace. Amen. And uh, if you if you find that yourself you're not singing with grace in your life, maybe you need to get in the Word of God more. I don't know. Uh, maybe you would ask the Holy Spirit to to fill your soul uh, with that singing grace, and He, he can do that. Now, we know that in some situations of life, we sing because of God's grace, don't we? God's grace will come our way and we'll, we'll sing praise to Him. We'll, we'll, offer, we'll offer glory to Him. And a lot of times how we do that is through, through the, the uh, singing, singing songs. And there's some examples in Scripture. I'm not going to turn to these, but I've given them to you there on your handout. Example number one, you find back when, the, when God delivered the children of Israel through the Red Sea. You remember what was going on there? Here they have been delivered out of Egypt and they're, they're, they're heading away, and uh, here comes Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh's army is, ch- is chasing them out of town. They, they had a change of heart, change of mind about what was going to happen. And uh, they wanted to get their slaves back. Well, uh, all the people of God, were, uh, except Moses, uh, were, were kind of shaking in their boots. Uh, they, their backs were against the Red Sea, 
And he said, stand still and see the salvation of God. And in Exodus 15, and verse 1 and 2, after the Lord parted the waters and they went through on dry ground, they got on the other side, God closed those waters in on their enemies, then they sang forth a song. We see that, that uh, the Moses and the children of Israel uh, sang a song. Exodus 15, verse 1 and 2 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The, the, the horse and the, his rider hath, hath he thrown into the sea. The, the Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And it goes on and on. Amen. They, they sang unto the Lord because of God's grace of deliverance in their life. We see a second example is when God avenged Israel of the Canaanite oppression under the leadership of Deborah and Barak, two judges that you will find in Judges chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. When the Lord used them to deliver the children of Israel, right after that, you know what they did? They broke out into song. I guess it was a duet because it says there in Judges 5 verse 1 through 3 says, Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam of that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. And it goes on for 31 verses singing the praise of God for the deliverance of the children of Israel. A third example you'll find in David's life in 2 Samuel chapter number 22, verse number 1, David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. You know, we think of David, a lot of times we forget about uh, how he was on the run most of his life uh, before he came to be the king of Israel. He was running away from Saul. He was running away from other enemies that were out to get him. But the point there in 2 Samuel 22 and verse number 1, we find that he is, has been delivered. Saul is dead. Uh, all his other enemies, uh, God has taken them out. And he's, uh, he is singing to the Lord there. And you'll find it in 2 Samuel 22 verses 2 through 51. That's a pretty long song, right? But you not only will find it there, you'll find the exact same song in Psalm 18, verses 2 through 15. Let me just read you the first three verses here. It says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from mine enemies. And he goes on and on uh, for a good number of verses there. And he sings the praise of the Lord in two places, exactly the same, uh, same scripture there. Now Psalm uh, 13 verse number 6, the psalmist said there, he says, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. And we know that the Lord did deal bountifully with David. And when our lives are overwhelmed with the grace of God, it can and it should cause our heart to sing unto Him. So in some situations of life, we sing because of God's grace. In some situations of life, uh, we are in need of God's grace to be able to sing. 
You ever been where your songs have been stolen? Whatever's going on in your life, you just don't feel like singing. Maybe you come to the service and you know you're just not into it. You know you you can't get into singing because there's something that's in your life that has robbed you of your song. There's a couple examples. Uh, first example I give you there in Psalm 137, verse one through four. This is believed to be a a uh, a a uh, uh, psalm by possibly. Daniel or possibly some of the others that got carried away captive into Babylon. But when the people of Judah had been led away captive by Babylon, uh, it says there in Psalm 137 verses 1 through 4, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Think about it. They were carried away into captivity. Why did God allow them to be carried away? Because they refused to repent of their sin. They didn't turn away from their sin. And God said it's coming. Uh, you know, if you don't turn, you, uh, you, you're going you're gonna to wish you had turned. Well, it was too late at this point. They had been carried away in captivity. And the Lord told them, just get ready to spend 70 years in captivity. Don't fight your captors. Might as well just uh, uh, settle on, you're going to be there 70 years. And that, that was the way the case said it was. But while they were there, uh, they were remembering Zion and they wept about remembering their homeland. And it goes on to say in Psalm 137 verse 2, We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall we sing, they said. How shall we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land. They were in need of God's singing grace. There. As they were in captivity. Think, think about that for a minute. They, they, uh, uh, their captors. It would be, kind of be like us being carried away into captivity. And those that carried us away captive say. Let, let, let me hear y'all sing amazing grace now. That would be cold wouldn't it? That would be, uh, be real cold. But that's what we're talking about when we, when we look at that passage of Scripture there in Psalm 137. Another example we're going to use here is David. When David had sinned against God with his sins of adultery and murder. You know, we like to think good thoughts of Daniel, David. I, I like to think thought, good thoughts of David. And a lot of good in his life. He, he wrote a good portion of the Word of God there in the book of Psalms. But uh, he did fall into sin. He fell into sin, but he found forgiveness. And in Psalm 51, verse 12 through 15, he, he cried out unto the Lord there. He said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Uh, he says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my, my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Uh, he was wanting forgiveness so he could get his song back. Uh, his, his being guilty of sin had robbed him of being able to sing, and, we, and he needed that singing grace brought back into his life. Number two grace that we want to look at this morning is a matter of speaking grace. Speaking grace. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, 
that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. God wants us to use grace in our speech as believers. And you know what? When you got grace in your speech, that takes that takes away the, the using bad words. <laughs> takes away cursing. The psalmist said in Psalm nineteen fourteen, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Why did he why did he write that? Well, he wanted to make sure that his words were gracious words when he spoke them. First Chronicles sixteen, verse twenty four, we are commanded to declare his glory, God's glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. Well, guess what? In order to do that, we need speaking grace. Amen? We need grace to be able to go with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 37, verse 30, the psalmist said, The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Why is that the case? Because the Lord gives him speaking grace. He changes his words, changes his lips of what he is speaking Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, listen, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. See, not only gracious words going out, but the gracious words others are taking in. Amen? If you if you got the wrong words coming out, they're going to be listening to the wrong thing. But if you've got the right words coming out, they can minister grace unto the hearers. God's grace is able to make us the spokespersons that he wants us to be. Now I want us to consider some biblical examples. You remember back when Moses was being called by the Lord to go deliver the children of Israel from Egypt? You remember that he gave a bunch of excuses why he couldn't do that? Uh, We'll listen to one of those excuses in, in Exodus 4 and verse number 10. Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. The Lord would have given him that speaking grace if he had just believed God for it. But we know he, he still wanted to balk at what the Lord was saying. And the Lord said, well, you got Aaron. Let Aaron be your spokesperson. And that, of course, that wound up being a mistake too on Moses' part. Because we know what Aaron did. as uh, he, uh, When Moses was up on the mountain receiving the law of God, he was down there and, then, and the, the children of Israel talked him into to uh, making a golden calf. And he, when, when Moses came back down, they were worshiping around that golden calf. Now I want you to turn to Jeremiah for another example. Jeremiah chapter number 1. Jeremiah chapter number 1. And if you want to go ahead and turn to Jeremiah chapter number 20, we're going to be there too. Jeremiah 1. And then we're going to, going to take a look at Jeremiah chapter number 20. In Jeremiah 1, this was uh, when Jeremiah was first getting into the ministry and the Lord talked about his call upon his life. Look at Jeremiah 1 
and verse number 5. And this is the word of the Lord talking to Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Remember that word sanctified means to set apart unto God for his purposes. Well, Jeremiah was set apart unto God for his purposes. And he says, And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Well, here's Jeremiah's objection. Kind of like Moses. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Now look at over at Jeremiah chapter number 20. And we know that God was using Jeremiah in a great way. Now he was rejected, rejected by his own family, and rejected by the people of Israel for the things that he was saying. Nevertheless, the Lord gave him the power to be able to speak freely and to speak loudly. But he came to a, came to a point in his life where he, I think he was ready to quit on the Lord, ready to give up. And we see that in Jeremiah 20, verse number 7. He says here, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. So he's being made fun of. And if you've ever been made fun of, it's not an easy thing to take, is it? Look at verse 8. He said, For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, and because of the Lord, word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. That's where he was ready to quit. It says, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report, say they, and, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting. In other words, they were looking for him to quit, saying, peradventure, he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall, be, shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous and seest the reins and, uh, and the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them. For unto thee I, have I opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. For he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evildoers. You see him Getting a little, not only speaking grace, but he got some of that singing grace too while he was at it and in the midst of being mistreated. So we see that God's grace is able to make us spokespersons he wants us to be. And those two examples. Another example is in the, in the life of Amos the prophet. I'll not have you turn there, but in Amos 7, verse 14 and 15, Amos answered and said to Amaziah, he said, I was no prophet, 
Neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. God gave him that speaking grace. He wasn't a speaker. He may have been talking to them sheep from time to time, uh, trying to tell them where to, where to go. But uh, he was not a speaker, and yet the Lord called him to be a prophet unto Israel. Another example is given to us in the New Testament. Peter and John, as they were before the council in, in Acts chapter 4, verse number 18, it said, and they, uh, they called them, the council called them, and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. And down in verse 20, Peter says, For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. Even in the midst of uh, the opposition from the, the council of the Pharisees, telling them they, didn't, they should not speak, they were able to continue doing what the Lord had told them to do. They were to speak. They were to open their mouths. So the Lord can give us speaking grace. Then last of all this morning, I want us to see strengthening grace. God gives us strengthening grace. Now, strengthening grace is needed for different reasons. We need it to take a strong stand for the Lord. Some of the other things that we've looked at, I mean, uh, Peter, Peter and John were taking a strong stand for the Lord, weren't they? Well, how were they able to do that? Well, the Lord gave them strength to do that. And Paul talked to Timothy about the same thing in his life. Think about Timothy being a young preacher. He was a young preacher. And uh, he, he had some folks in, the, in the, a big church there in Ephesus that were giving him a hard time. And they were uh, saying, you know, this guy, he just too, he's still green. He's, uh, he's, not, he's still wet behind the ears. He's, uh, he's just too young. But we know that uh, Paul told Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And Timothy was. And Timothy was used in that church in a mighty way. We need to, we need to sometimes withstand strong temptation. Amen. We live in a time when temptation is on every hand. Temptation is strong out there. But uh, listen, uh, Ephesians 6 verse 10 gives us the, the key in our lives. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Why do so many fall victim to temptations in their life? Because they're not strong in the Lord. We've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And he will give us the strengthening grace we need to withstand strong temptation. We need it also to face life's changes and challenges. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So strengthening grace is needed for different reasons. Strengthening grace comes from different resources that the Lord puts in our life. Uh, we see that sometimes strength comes directly from the Lord himself in fact, the psalmist in Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14 said, I, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So we need to wait on the Lord. The Lord will give us strength. And, and we need to wait on his, his strengthening. Amen. Sometimes strength comes from Angels he sends. You say, wait a minute, preacher. You still believe that angels have a ministry today? Well, 
The, the, the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, which is a New Testament book, are they not all ministering spirits, speaking of the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, I'm not saying that we're going to know when we see one. Okay, Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I believe a lot of times, uh, there are times when we come into contact, may not even know uh, what we're taking a look at. Um, good example here, look, look at uh, the life of, uh, uh, of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Look at 1 Kings chapter number 19. I will have you turn to this one. In 1 Kings 19, <clears throat> We know here, uh, talking about the life of Elijah um, as he was ministering during Ahab and Jezebel's day. Look at chapter 19, 1 Kings 19, verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Talking about the prophets of Baal. And then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. In other words, he went running <laughs> and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey. Have you ever traveled all day long? Does it make you tired? Makes me tired every time we go to our daughter's house, having to drive that long trip there, or drive back. It's a long trip. It was. It's a day's journey. But he went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, "It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers." And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, look at this. Behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink. And notice this, and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. Now that was some hefty vittles that he was eating, amen? Uh, angel food cake, I guess. I, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, he went 40 days in the strength of that, 40 days and 40 nights. And it says he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word, word of the Lord came unto him and said, What doest thou here? You know, but he, he was able to go. Uh, and that strength came from the angels that the Lord sent on his behalf. We also know in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is, talks about after his temptation and when he was beginning his ministry. Remember, he was baptized and then he went out in the into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Well, after that temptation, it says in Matthew 4 and verse 11, then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. And say, so, well, 
Brother Jerry, uh, you ever you ever see an angel? Well, I can't tell you that I've seen one, but I, I do believe that the Lord has sent an angel or two on my behalf a time or two. I'm just going to give you one personal example. When uh, the, I was preaching in the prison ministry in Middle Tennessee, many of you know that I was there for uh, nine and a half years uh, preaching in the, in the prisons there. And then uh, the Lord called me back into the pastorate and uh, went up and, and was going to, uh, uh, went to a, a church up in Indiana had no intention. I went out, went up there out of uh, out of uh, respect to my mom's pastor. He's the one that told them about me, and they called me, wanted me to go up there and preach. I went up there and preached, and they called me to call me to that church to pastor them. Well, we loaded up the truck, and we were getting ready to move there. And I, can I tell you that move is a four-letter word? You know, it just really is. We were getting ready to move. We we had the truck loaded down. I'm talking about loaded down the biggest truck that rider makes well i'm not a truck driver okay i freely admit that i am not a truck driver but i was having to drive the truck that day i was driving the truck we were already a little bit distressed because our daughter was going to be driving one of our vehicles and she had just gotten her license i'm talking about she had just got her license that day all right and uh, my wife was having to drive the other vehicle, so we were, we were getting ready to pull out. And lo and behold, I didn't swing wide enough. Of course, there wasn't anywhere to swing. But the back rear tire of that rider truck that's loaded to the hilt went right down in the ditch, right at the culvert. And what are we going to do now? Lord, we need, we need help here. Well, lo and behold, here comes a, We've never seen on that road that we lived on, had never seen a trash truck with the forks in the front, okay? But there was one that day. We had a circle drive around the back of our house. He pulled in the drive over. He saw we were blocking his way, getting where he needed to go. So he just pulled back, pulled around behind our, 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 that truck that was in the way. He put those forks underneath, lifted it up, I pulled up, we were out, never saw him to even be able to thank him. You know, we were trying to. He pulled right on off, went on to his business. You know what I believe? I believe it's an angel myself. Angels drive trash trucks, in case you didn't know. <laughs> now, he could have been just a person, but you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe, okay? I, did, did you see him? I did not see him. But thank God. For that angel that day, he got me out of a mess. God, I hated to have to un, unload all of that and uh, load it back again. But uh, uh, sometimes strength comes from uh, messengers or angels that he sends our way. Sometimes strength comes from the Lord using others to strengthen us. Moses was told by the Lord in Deuteronomy 3.28 to strengthen Joshua. It says, but charge Joshua and encourage him, and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. And we see that he did strengthen Joshua, and Joshua was used in a mighty way to carry the children of Israel into the promised land. And thank God for the help that he gives through others. Now let me ask this morning and close them. Are you in need of a touch of God's grace in some area of your life?
God's graces available resource to us who know him. All of God's grace comes our way because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. The closer we get to Christ, listen, the more of his grace we have to help us. So this morning, access that grace. If you're here today without the Lord in your life, you're not saved, come get his saving grace. Hey, got other needs in your life of grace? Listen, it's available. It's available. We're, we're not done yet. We're, we should have got some other messages on grace. But this is the message for today. And I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for